outside. We couldn't see it from our vantage point. fans and welcome to our vantage point the retro wrestling podcast this is episode number 18 february 13th 2017 i am joe Murata. this is the unpredictable michael quinn how you doing quinn wow 18 we're getting near 20 huh <laughs> yes we are and folks we're happy to be with you for the next hour hour and a half to talk to you about the world of retro wrestling Quinn, it is things we remember and some things we wish we didn't. This is true. It is true. And we actually have, did you know this, Quinn, over 40 years of combined fandom. Plus the age of a child growing up to adulthood. Yes, that's right. Our our show can drive. Our show can drive now. (laughs) It can vote. Yeah. And it can purchase lottery tickets. Yes, it can't get insurance for the car (laughs) at a good price. (laughs) Um, No, it cannot. It can't um, get cigarettes. No, that's 19 here in Jersey. Not yet. Very interesting. Folks, we thank you for being with us, of course. Shout out to all of our fans out there, and we appreciate the support. Yes, we do. It's been wonderful. If you're listening to us on the Place to Be Nation, thank you very much. Yep, thanks to the place. We're enjoying the uh, facilities. It's very, very nice. They painted recently. You see did, that? Did they paint? They uh, painted, uh, yeah. You know, I'm not good looking at the colors. That, you <laughs> no, know. I know you're not. Yeah. And uh, if you're not at that place, why don't you join up and check out that place? They have some great podcasts there. Yep. They got some good stuff. The Place to Be podcast, of course. Place to Be main event. Yep. Uh, clotheslines and headlines. Yeah. Tons of, tons of content. And Quinn, speaking of the content, we're not only at that place, we are other places. Where else can we be found? Well, you can find us over on the iTunes. That's right. Which, if you do find us there, please leave us a review. You know what? Yeah, we'd appreciate that. We've, you know, we stumbled upon a few weeks ago, Ed Bagley Jr. Yes. Got on to the new and noteworthy without a podcast. Right. And you know what? (laughs) It's not that we're trying to beg for the reviews. No. The reviews are trying, we're trying to get on the new and noteworthy. Mm-hmm. That will help more people find out about this podcast and exactly. less about Ed Bagley Jr. Because <laughs> I don't know why he would want to know about that. But I, I, I don't. Yeah, I don't either. But I had to because of iTunes. Yeah. But Where we're also we? on other places. We are. We're on Google Play Music. Yes, we are. We're on Stitcher. Mm-hmm. We're on uh, Blueberry. We are on Blueberry. That's right. FM.player. <laughs> Player.fm. Yeah. Okay. That's right. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, you know, I know we said no tune in, but we're, we're on, on tune in. We're on that, too. <laughs> we're also on that. While, yeah. I'm, while I'm here, right? Yeah, why not? We yeah. might as well just throw that out there. Yeah. Okay, tune in. This is really it. This you. is really it this time. Uh, yeah. I think we're going to be on the fan eventually. <laughs> yeah, WFAN. We might be replacing Mike Francesa when he retires next year. I'm not sure. Hey, I, something entertaining needs to replace that because that's not entertaining. <laughs> that's true. It hasn't been for quite a number of years. <laughs> no, it really hasn't. Sorry, been. Mike. Sorry, Mike. You can come on our show and talk about wrestling. And he remembers uh, Bruno San Martino. Yeah, in the roller derby and all that. Yeah, Bobo Brazil. Yeah, Haystacks Calhoun. Uh, the guys I used to watch on Saturday morning before uh, the roller derby came on. <laughs> Folks, we're going to start our show today, of course, with. One thing I miss, and it's going to be Michael Quinn telling me one thing he misses from wrestling's past. I don't know what it is. Let's find out. 
So this comes out of the thinking I was having. I was watching an NXT this week. Okay. And um, I saw the Drifter coming in the ring. Oh, yeah, the Drifter. And you know what came came to my mind? I miss just great heels. Great heels. I feel like nowadays we have too many cool heels that aren't mm. booed. Right. I'm talking guys that just bring the heat. And the Drifter brought the heat, and that's why I, that's why I got into that, you know? Now, by heat, Quinn... You don't mean the common trend of the top face, perhaps, that people don't want as the face being booed, I don't no? mean by get off my TV heat <laughs> or get out of the ring. I'm trying to watch the wrestling in heat. Right. I mean, like, this guy is a dastardly, dirty heel, and I hate him for it. And, he, and he's costing my favorites matches. Like Marty the Moth from Lucha, for yeah, example, off for, the top of my head. Just off the top of your head, Like, yeah. the, there's nothing, you don't want to like him. No. Or how about, like, we'll take it back to the 80s, someone like um, King Kong Bundy. Yeah. There's no cool factor yeah, there. Yeah, I mean, he was a good heel because he injured Hogan, and right. everyone loved Hogan. Exactly. But not only that, you know, he Bundamania. Bundamania. And, and just, you know, just really just being an asshole. Yeah, and I understand what you mean, Quinn. There has been, this has been a, a trend, I'd say, for, I don't know, 20, probably since Steve Austin. Yeah, probably since Steve Austin or changed the, it. Or the NWO, maybe. Yes. Um. It. I feel... Austin change it at first. Austin really was a fucking asshole. Like yes, that, he was a, that you couldn't stand. But he was so entertaining. He was so entertaining. and so compelling. And there's nothing wrong with being entertained by a heel. I'm not saying that. Right, I'm saying Ric that. Flair. Yeah, but it shouldn't prevent you also from being get, the heel in a feud. Yeah, and even even if you are entertained by the heel. I feel like back in the day, even if you were entertained, you didn't want to admit you were entertained. <laughs> right. You were like, no, this guy's a fucker. Like, like Bobby uh, yeah. Heenan. Yeah, Bobby the Brain Heenan. Exactly. Like he was an asshole when he was, like, he was more assholey when he was managing yeah. than he was as a commentator. Right. Wells, forget it. You're a loser. Putsky's a loser. And everybody that stands in the way of the Bobby Heenan family's a loser. Like, he wasn't supposed to be liked. No. Right? Not at all. So I get what you mean. So the heel that you just want to see get his comeuppance, right? Right. And not this more modern trend of the face is being pushed down our throat, so we're going to boo him and cheer the, well, I mean, Rollins is a face now, but Seth Rollins. At the time, yeah. At the time, right? Yeah. Or whoever else, right? Yeah. Yeah, I just, I, I'm looking for those heels. Like, um, you know what's a good example of a guy that people just couldn't stand? What? Ravishing Rick Rude. Ravishing Rick Rude was a great heel. Was a fantastic heel. I mean, he's, to me, one of the best 80s heels. And you know why? Because all the women love him. Yes. And all the men in the audience want to kill him. That's a very good point, Quinn. You know, he, He's basically like a porn star. You know what I mean? He's got like the mustache sure. and the stripper, the something like that. Hair and, the poofy hair. Yeah, and he's just all like, he's just, he's just talking about how, oh, your ladies are going to leave the show with me. Instead, right. You That's know? such a dick thing to do. Right. I but mean, it appeals it's to the douche, and like, it appeals to the core of the male audience because that's like the primary right. wrestling fan. Yeah. Yeah. You want to hate that guy. You know who else is a great heel? Who? Not likable at all. Great at what he did was heel Jake Roberts from 91, oh my 92. God, yes. That guy, you know what I like about Jake Roberts is that he didn't have to use his fists mm -hmm. or wrestle you to get under your skin. It was all in his words and his actions. Right. 
the primary time I always think of is when he um, slapped Miss Elizabeth. And then the promo he cut, where he was like, it felt so good, Gene, I would do it again. Yeah. And Gene Okron's like, get the hell out of here, Roberts. Yeah. Get out of here. Get the hell out of here. Yeah. I mean, and it, it was like oozing out of him and you could the hate in gene's voice almost felt authentic yes exactly like, it was like how dare you how dare you do that right now let me ask you a question quinn what this ties into modern wrestling but it's extremely relevant to what we're talking about do you think that the fall quote-unquote of the good heel you yeah. know like we're talking about is partially a reaction of a the fans being smartened up Right. Over the last 20 years of the internet age. Mm-hmm. And also, knowing the behind-the-scenes goings-on, and knowing who Vince, will use WWE, wants to push, and reacting against that. It's a yes and no answer, because okay. I think it does affect it. Okay. But you have your modern examples, like I said, the Drifter. Like, Good right? Point. I mean, like, that guy is supposed to be a heel, Right. And he's legitimately hated. It's all about how you approach it in the modern age. It's not really about it's it's not really about like, oh, the Internet knows or whatever. I mean, we know that we're supposed to hate the drifter, but we still fucking hate him because he plays shitty music and and just annoys everyone. That's a that's a good point. Okay, And some people might say I've heard the argument before. I've probably even thought it myself, you know, that there's no good faces anymore either. Yes. And that's I was going to bring that point up. That was going to be my second part of that was that I don't think since Cena. But the problem with Cena was that he got two over and the smart crowds kind of turned on him. But Cena is a really good face regardless. He never does shitty things. He's a more, the character, if we're talking the character, The character alone, yeah. He's a more upstanding character than Hulk Hogan ever was. Right, and not to say he doesn't have his moments no, where, moments. like, you know, if he's in a team, sometimes he's he'll, like... he's and douchey. He, not even that. Sometimes in a team, I feel like it, he, it's all about him. Right. And, like... Like he, Hogan, yeah. He'll exhibit that almost by consequence of being the super face. Mm-hmm. But Hogan did the same thing. Hogan did the same thing. It's almost thing. like if you are a super face like that, mm-hmm. like, it's gonna happen, right? Yeah, I agree with you. Um... Yeah, so that's probably the two biggest factors right there. I would have to agree the 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 classic heel folks, and you know this if you're listening to a retro wrestling podcast, you don't want that guy to win. No. You know who's a great example of a guy you don't want to win? Mm-hmm. And they played this freaking perfectly. What? I thought Triple H's heel run from 99 to like a 01. A one, unbelievable. Awesome. That was a guy I did not like. And here's the thing, is it wasn't yet there that he was, like, nobody knew that the dating Stephanie was, like, real. He wasn't yet. He wasn't yet. He was still technically with China for most of that. But they did throw that in the storyline, was that he was married. Yes, and you know what? That version of Stephanie was also a great heel. Right, because she did get her comeuppance. She was like a a female Vince. Yeah, but she would actually take bumps Exactly. Right? Whereas now... It's just like, I'm not, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, exactly. And whatever that is. But that's a consequence is. of the times, too. You can't True. do anything to her anymore because that would be wrong. Because, mm. you know what I mean? I know what you mean. But, but yeah, that's great about Triple but H. But Triple H, like, I've, I just think of examples of stuff like he did, like, just beating the shit out of Mick Foley and ending his career. Like, oh I my hated gosh, him. me too. And another thing is, remember the time that Jericho pinned him? Yes. And then he, like, said it didn't happen. And he fast used, count, Earl yeah, fast counted them. Yeah. 
And he bullied Earl into reversing the what decision. What I think is interesting about that is the way I perceived it at the time was that it wasn't a fast count because I was so into the face and I was so against the heel. That's the whole thing. And yeah. that's that's why they told that story perfectly is no one cared that it was a fast count. Everyone freaked out well, that Jericho they were like, won. Well, because they, they were like saying, well, Triple H cheats every week. Right. Who gives a shit if like one time the face gets his cheating to work? Exactly. Right? And that's why it was so huge when The Rock finally beat him for the title at Backlash that year. Yeah, yeah. Austin returned, remember that? That was awesome. Yeah, Triple H was a great example of like a more recent, you know. And I think even after it was tapering off, I think I would say like when The Undertaker beat him at WrestleMania 17, people wanted to see The Undertaker beat the shit out of him. Like, and he took some heavy damage in that match. match. That's a good match. Really a match. And I I just, I love it because it, it feels like. In a weird way, Triple H is getting his come up. It's just like, here's somebody that he can't just like bully and over. It's the freaking Undertaker. Right. Like, you know what I mean? Yes. Like, and he's going to stand toe to toe with him and throw him off like the freaking scaffolding or whatever happened. Remember, they were like up on the top. Or yeah, whatever they were in was. the audio area or yeah, something like, like that. The Undertaker doesn't give a shit. Like, he's just going <laughs> to powerbomb you off there. Kane was a good heel too in the Kane 90s. Kane was a great the 90s, heel. 90s, especially, yeah. you know? I mean, his first appearance, I always thought, was super like. Oh, oh gosh, my god! Yeah. Here's this guy rips the door off the cell. That wasn't that wasn't like normal yet. No, that hadn't ever happened before. Yeah, you never you know the padlock had been pretty protected as far as like no, you don't break through that. And here comes this guy. Yep. And not only that, he's bailing out Shawn, Shawn Michaels, Michaels in his most like Dick. dicky like oh my gosh. like the worst. Oh really? And I guess that's a good transition to Shawn. Yeah, Sean was an awesome heel in uh, the DX version, especially. I think he's at his worst when he's like combating Bret Hart and putting the Canadian flag in his nose. Oh, what a dick! Yeah, you know, I'm, people legitimately hated him, even yes. Americans. Absolutely, like, he, was he was fighting an a Canadian, asshole. and Americans are booing this guy. And that goes hand in hand Quinn, with Bret Hart in '97 was mm-hmm. a great heel. Yep, because yep. he thought he was so self righteous and justified in everything he said, and that's why you wanted to see him get his ass kicked. And yes, I think that's another thing to a great heel is that you can you feel like they truly believe that they're that right. they're correct. Yes, exactly. Even if they're not. And that's what all the best heels did. Ric Flair truly believed he was the best. Right. Even if he wasn't. Even when he lost. Even when he lost, right? Right. If he lost a steamboat, it's a fluke. Exactly. He would always downplay the loss like a dick. Right. And that's the way you should do it. You know who was a great heel? Hollywood Hogan. Oh, yeah. Awesome heel. I I never wanted him to win. Listen, I would have never expected him to be a good heel. Fantastic. He was a good heel, but he had a fatal flaw. Mm. He still, this is a pie backstage thing, he still felt like he couldn't lose. That's true. And he would never lose. And that's the fatal flaw. We were talking recently about that. that. That's a bad heel. That is, you know what? I agree. I, I love everything. Ass. Yes, I love everything about the persona becoming chicken shit and all yes, this. Perfect. But you have to lose. You have to lose sometimes. Yeah, you do. I mean, you know, Piper was a good heel, but he never lost either. Eighties Piper. Yeah, oh, never lost. Never ever lost. Like he he barely Although, ever didn't lost. Didn't Hogan beat him at like one of those like MTV shows or something? Like that was how they ended the feud. Maybe by no I wrestling like classic, the, he beat him by DQ. Who? Piper. Piper beat him by DQ. No, Hogan beat Piper by DQ, I'm saying. Okay. You know who was another good heel, and so good that eventually they did have to turn him face, but his first two years, Randy Savage. Yeah, the macho man Randy Savage. He wasn't likable, he was an ass. Yeah. Strictly an asshole. And, you know, it. it's hinted that he's taking advantage of a woman. 
Right. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yes. and that's, and he's calling himself a macho man. And he treats her like shit. Yeah. You know? That's the great part. Now, but now these days, I, I, I like this. This is a good topic, Quinn. Yeah. These days, you have heels that, and, and again, I don't know why. I don't know if it's the business direction. I don't know what it is. Or they're putting the wrong people as heels. You'll have a guy like when, I'm going back to Seth, because when Seth Rollins was a heel, he shouldn't have been. He's small. He's mm-hmm. likable. He's athletic. He does cool moves. Why would he be a heel? I actually thought he wasn't a weaker heel as yeah. far as recently was concerned. Orton was a good heel for a while. Yeah. Orton played psych- a good heel. As, when he was a psycho, that was really good. 08, 09, yeah, Orton, like, great. Yeah, that, yeah. Was, that was some good stuff Really right good. Now, Quinn, do you think, because we saw it with Daniel Bryan a few years ago, mm-hmm. that's a baby face, right? Yeah, the, the polar opposite. Yeah. Um, what was great about Daniel Bryan was is that people genuinely loved him. It wasn't like a they ha- they didn't have to prop us up to like him. They didn't have to edit videos of crowd reactions. Well, and they didn't signs even have to. They didn't like even that. have to get the machine behind him. No, they he didn't. Got, it was all on his own, right? And it was so good to the point. And this is tracing it back to the heels. Yes, he could fight anybody. Yes, like. Remember Bray Wyatt, who I still think is like, they just don't know how to put, push him as a heel at all. They still don't. It's they amazing. They still don't know what to do with him. They and, still and he's don't. great. He's, he's, he's a great performer. He has the tools. He he's has not the, great in the ring, but he's decent. Enough. It's, a, it's competent. It would work for heel. It's like a Absolutely. Jake the Snake kind of heel. Where Perfect. It, it's his, his, words, Perfect. his words speak louder than his wrestling. Absolutely. But anyway, when Daniel Bryan, the cage moment, I, I don't know if we oh. brought it up on this show. Yes. That made Bray Wyatt seem so fucking awful. And then Bray Wyatt beat him at the Royal Rumble. Yeah. People were pissed. Yeah, exactly. And that again, it it it's it kind of everything goes hand in hand. You got to have good baby faces yes. to have good heels, I but agree. you have to have good heels to have great baby faces. Exactly. Like, and I think that if the storylines are positioned right and you get the right people in storylines and you get a face that can tug at the knee-jerk reactions of people or the heartstrings, yeah. like a Daniel Bryan, the small underdog, then you've got a great face. And you can put someone who's like a self-righteous, nothing likable. Yeah. You, insufferable. Still, insufferable is a great word. Yeah. It's still doable. They just don't do it. Yeah. If one end is weak and the other strong, it's still it doesn't work. They have to be equal. But exactly. just to trace it back to where we started to close it out, I do think there is a new way to do this, especially in this age. The way they did it was not doing it the traditional way where, you know, he's just so hateable. They gave the crowd a gimmick they didn't understand. Hmm. That's how the drifter was introduced to us. And nobody got what the hell he was. He Even the announcers would say, what's this guy's deal? I don't get it. And good point. He started to just get heat because of it. Yeah, good and point. That, that's an interesting way to do it in our modern times with social media and stuff. You give them something they don't understand because people generally hate the unknown. That's really deep, Quinn. Yeah. But you know what's not unknown? Talking about retro wrestling. And folks, we're going to be doing some more of that right after this. But look at you. You're just so full of yourself now. Actually, you're full of something else. You are a sniveling little suck-up sellout full of suffering succotash, son! What kind of disgusting, despicable, 
Lack of respect. You're listening to Our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast, the fastest growing weekly episodic retro wrestling audio podcast in the world. And welcome back to Our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Good to be with you this Monday, February 13th, 2017. How you doing there, Mr. Michael Quinn? Hiya. Hiya. You ready for our next segment, Michael? I am ready. All right. So this is called What Do You Think Of? And I'm going to tell, or I'm going to ask Quinn. I always screw that up. I'm going to yeah, ask Quinn. You're tell me. <laughs> well, I am going to tell you uh, what I think, but first I'm going to ask you what you think of WWF Hasbro action ha. figures. They're so close to the real thing, it's like being in the ring. I love them. Are they your favorite version of the figures? Yes. It's a close tie, though, between the, um, I do like Jacks. Jacks specific, I yes, think they were. Yes, okay, I understand. Um, but yeah, the Hasbros were fantastic. I do think the Hasbros had the best ring. They did have the best ring. They, they, the ring, I'm not going to lie, they had a lot of good accessories for Jacks, too. Yes, they did. And we can get into that later. Sure. But the Hasbros. Iconic. The, the, the iconic, the ring was just the right, like. Proportion. I, the proportion was correct. The turnbuckles were, like, sturdy. Like, I don't know. <laughs> only you. Only you, Quinn. Like, everything about it, it felt like it was a quality product. As it opposed, was. Like, you know, and, like, the, they had that little table on the side where you could put announcers or and the belt holder. Yeah, and they had stairs. It was really cool. It even came with that American flag you could hit your wrestlers with. <laughs> <laughs> now, folks, a quick background on, on WWF's wrestling figures. The first ones that were produced were the big 8-inch rubber LJN ones, Quinn. You remember yes, those? and I'm remember them more because they passed over to wcw and i had a couple of those they did wcw with i, I don't know if it was gloob or playmates or one of those they made like a almost like a replica version it was almost identical it was almost identical in fact stings hanging above the rafters of the studio is he still in the rafters he's still there he's been there since like three or four years ago he's been there since we had your 90s party for your 27th birthday yeah wow in 2013 he, he hasn't moved he's been watching over us <laughs> this whole time but now Folks, the LJNs were rubber, so they weren't, there was no plastic, so there was right. no, like, moves really preset into the figure, and they came with a giant ring right? that they actually wound up reusing for the Jax figures mm-hmm. initially, because I think they still owned the mold for it, probably. Right. But the Hasbros, which were released in 1990... Mm-hmm. They were the best figures, in my opinion. And they were smaller, maybe four or five they inches. They were smaller, but I felt like the detail on them was better. The detail, and they were plastic, and they had spring-loaded moves right. built in every single wrestler. Right, like some had the, the two arms that would come down. That was Randy Savage. Yeah. The first well, Randy even Savage. Like some had the like open hands with the two arms that would come down. Axe had that. Yeah. A bunch of the early yeah. ones were like awesome. Ultimate Warrior had that. Ultimate so Warrior. So you could do the Gorilla Press, which yes. I thought was cool. And what was cool about the Hasbros is they updated them as the years went on. So you'd have right. multiple versions of the same wrestler. Right, and I felt the detail just kept getting better as it went on. I agree. Now, the first the first series, I, I, I'm not going to look it up. We'll just do this off the top of our head. But I'm going to f- say Andre was in it. Andre was, was in it. Andre. That's why I remember that. Andre was definitely in it. Now, you had Hogan. Right. You had Warrior. Uh, no, was he in the first? No, Warrior? I the, think the, he was. You mean the stupid, like, the one that you pressed down and you had, like, the hunchback one. Yeah. thing on <laughs> That one sucked. What was... Okay. What... I hated that action. Why? Only because they had to have the thumb 
thing on the back. Oh, so it was like a big block of plastic yeah, on their so back? Yeah, they look stupid. They did look like, stupid. I, I really wish that didn't exist. <laughs> like, can I just, I I can, it, I wasn't like not able to do it without, I barely used it anyway, the thumb thing. So like. That's a I, crappy move. Yeah, so like, they could have made the same figure, just don't put the thumb thing on the back. That's all. <laughs> and I think Demolition Axe and Smash were early on. Yeah. They added Crush later. Were the Rockers early, or were they in the second series? They were like 91-ish, so maybe like the second or third. Okay. They released a bunch of series. I just, no, most notably, I remember the commercials, and I didn't yes. remember if those commercials were for the first or second series. The first series was Jesse Ventura. Okay. And he would say, you gotta love new WWF figures. Right, right. You gotta love new WWF figures. But they weren't in the ring when they were using the figures. And mm. then there'd be the other commercial. Yeah. You gotta love the new WWF ring. Right, right, right. <laughs> you gotta love the new WWF ring. Because that was new. It's funny. They did get Jesse to do it. And that's their that's their that Hollywood their man. Exactly. Yeah. And then he left and they had Piper do the commercials, which those are fun, too. Which is funny because it's both members of Tag Team. I guess <laughs> it is. That's right. Yeah. So those are our two wrestling figure mans. They yes. even had their own TV show. And even the commercials in themselves, Quinn, are kind of iconic, I would say. Oh, yeah, the yelling. Yeah, the Roddy Piper, especially. Yeah, the like, thunder from down under. Man, these WWF figures are hot! Man, these figures are hot! Yeah, you know, yeah like exactly. That. And yeah. then Savage did them after that, remember? Yeah, remember Savage, like, ripping the thing? <laughs> like, remember yes. he, like, rip open the screen? Not with these WWF figures running wild! Perfectly ridiculous. Perfectly ridiculous. The Undertaker who buries them stiff. The Undertaker will bury those stiffs. It's a great way to market the each wrestler, oh, too. I mean, kids knew every single wrestler because of these figures. Now, the cool thing about these figures, like I said, they updated them. But not only that, when they updated them, they looked different and they had different moves. Right. So if there was a, there was like a two Ultimate Warriors, just for example. Three. There's actually three. There's but three. The, the third one is the... Not as common. Yeah, the third one, Quinn... Is the the last one they released? Is that, does he wear the the stupid muscles? No, thing? <laughs> no. I, I'm hoping they didn't make a figure of that. But let me ask you this: Do you remember the giant Gonzalez figure? Yeah, and the the I action had he had is where you shook like his feet. His feet he would, pressed like, in and it made his arms go up or something. Yes, yeah, that was the third warrior had that same action. That's a weird. It's very rare. That's strange. I don't even. I can't even imagine what that would look like. But it's strange. Yeah. The second one is the best one with the gorilla press. Yeah. The second one is like that's like the warrior I most remember. Yes, absolutely. So they had a bunch of Hogan's, right? So they had like a Hogan where he just did like a punch. Yeah. They had a Hogan. I had the one, believe it or not, where he did the bear hug. That's to me was the best one. Because, you like that one? Because I felt like he was also posing, so it was more accurate. They also had a Gorilla Press Hogan. That was yeah. another one. Mm-hmm. And another one. I had, had the Gorilla Press Hogan. Oh, you did? That, that was the one I had. I it never said had Hulk that one. rules on his shirt, yep. I think. Yeah. Then they had the rare one, the last one released, I think in like 93. No shirt. Yeah. And he had the spring loaded punch arm. See, I always thought that was the first series when I saw it because it's the shittiest looking one. I just figured that, that was the first one. They even did cool things like there was a DBI with a black suit I, that's, I had that one there was a green suit. i didn't have the the green was most common right that was where he had like the bushwhacker motion almost <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah and then they also had one with no shirt yeah i've seen that, and that was like the hogan with the arm thing exactly yeah. now nope. they had earthquake they had typhoon they yeah. had so many what's guys. funny as we're talking about this notice how we remember this mm-hmm. like that's how like distinct these figures were to me. exactly like it's like it, they, there's something you could just never forget. Like they were, I, you know, which one I always thought was a good example of just like mm. 
he just was a solid figure. Who's the that? The Duggan one. Yeah, the, the original Duggan one yeah. with no shirt, no singlet. Yeah, he looked awesome. They also reissued him with the blue singlet in 93. In the same pose, though? And same, like same one, yeah. Yeah, because I just, the the design of that one, it was like the most like, Good flexible. Yeah, it was like, it was just the best. And anytime somebody else was like that, I would be like, yeah, this is good. It's a good figure, I also yeah. thought Bret Hart was pretty good. I love my Bret figure. Yeah, the Bret one was I'll, excellent. I'll never forget getting him in 95. Yeah. Now, I didn't have Neidhart. I think there was Neidhart. Yeah, baby. Yeah. Yeah, well, of course you would. You're, you New know. foundation pants, though. Oh. It, it, he didn't have the Heart Foundation attire. They never made a Heart Foundation No. One. I thought they did, and it was more like Boss Man for some reason. No, but the Boss Man had a second release. With the clothesline? Yeah, with no sunglasses on. Okay, yeah. Yeah, the Neidhart was okay. The Owen Hart also was good, too. It was a New Foundation pants for yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. Because Owen doesn't... Once we get to 94, that's when... That's when he had the bread attire. That's when they went to the Jacks. So, do you want to talk? No, 96. Okay, 96. So, here's what happened. Yeah. (laughs) So, the last series of Hasbro's was was 94. Mm -hmm. And it had people like the Smoking Guns. That's kind of weird to think the Smoking Guns falling into the Hasbro's. I know. They were. It's a little late. Heel Crush, Quinn. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, that's the best crush. And one of the rare figures that I remember, because I spent... Uh, spent a lot of money <laughs> getting this one in, in the year 2000 when I was collecting Hasbro's again. Adam Bomb. Yes, I heard about that one. I have him still. And I thought he was a custom when you first showed him to me. I, I didn't really think. That's another thing with the Hasbro's right there. Is oh, that the they customs. So, they got so popular that people started making custom figures. Still do. Yeah, they still do. But I mean, I remember the heyday of it being when like eBay was new. Yeah, like, around the late nineties, early two thousands. Yeah. Yep, but people still make the customs and they make custom cards and mount them on the cards and stuff. It's really yeah, cool. That I mean, that's cool stuff. But, it is, and I I like like creativity like that. You know, Me like too. just like you know, people just kind of the passion for like the figures. Yes. I think that's a cool thing about the Hasbro's is that people had a lot of love for them. Absolutely, and people still do. It's a hobby thing. Yeah. You know, it's a hobby thing. So the Hasbro's just unceremoniously ended in 94. Mm-hmm. We got no real figures for about two years. There was the Bendems. Do you remember those? They were like... Yeah, I had some. Rubber. They were I shitty. I had like a Yoko Zuna. Yeah, that. there was a Yoko, Lex Luger, Brett, yeah, Diesel. Yeah, I'd make them fight. They were about doink. the same size of the Hasbro, so it was good to have just because... It had the newer guys, and yes. you could have them fight the Hasbro, yes. so they weren't, like, they didn't look disproportionate. Uh, folks, before we wrap up here, uh, to get to your next point, Quinn, the Jax figures came out in the fall of 96. Yes. And I remember being extremely excited when they came out. Yeah, I mean, I didn't really, like, I wasn't following them coming. There was no internet. No, so. no, no, yeah, exactly. But I remember seeing the one that I had was, the early ones I had was Sean and Brett. And what I liked about him is his leg could, like... Do the super kick, right? Yeah, basically. <laughs> and I always think this is a, a fun little thing, but yeah. because I love Shawn Michaels so much, he's my favorite wrestler and everything, I would play with him and do the super kick so much that his leg fell off. Like, I could put it back on, but it would, like it was loose. I can't deny the fact that my Shawn Michaels leg fell off as well, Quinn. <laughs> and I think... I, I don't really have much else to say on the figures because I don't want to just keep but going. I could It could, it could be worse, and you could have the Texas Tornado figure and the foot <laughs> fell off. It comes without the foot, I think. Yeah, actually. <laughs> All right, so <laughs> let's let's end that here. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to move on to our next segment. <laughs> <where> <laughs> Quinn's going to tell me one of his favorites. Well, speaking of 
Shawn Michaels' leg falling off. <laughs> One of my favorites. It's Carrie Von Eric. No. Oh. Shawn Michaels. Yeah, you know what, Quinn? Folks, if you've been listening... We've been putting them off, talking about... putting them off. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Now, if you've been listening, you, you would know by now my favorite wrestler is Bret Hart. Right. So, obviously, you would have objections to Shawn Michaels. But here's the other thing. Mm-hmm. Independent of my Bret Hart fandom... Right. I am with you, Quinn. Shawn Michaels is one of my favorite wrestlers. He's probably my number three behind Bret Hart and Randy Savage. Yeah. Whereas... It's Sean, Randy Savage, and Bret Hart for me. Right, exactly. exactly. Which is funny. I am totally with you. He is one of the greatest wrestlers, North American wrestlers, right. of all time. I think he's one of the greatest wrestlers ever, period, in the world. His career is not overrated. No, it's not. His career is fantastic, and he had two phases to it, and I'm sure we'll touch upon that. But yeah. the first thing I want to know, Quinn, is how did your Shawn Michaels fandom get started okay so Shawn michaels for me he initially for me as as far as when i saw him is concerned i saw him in the royal rumble 1995 now i know joe w- likes to make fun of something because you thought he was bob backland or something i thought his name was bob i i i was it's not like i was looking at the wrong wrestler i just thought that he was bob backland or name, bob backland was sean michaels i just thought that basically the wrestler sean michaels name was bob backland for some reason okay but i was like this guy's freaking awesome and then you know after the match was over because I, I guess i caught it in between or you know it was somebody's tape right and, it, right. and i wasn't really paying attention because i wasn't a full-on wrestling fan yet sure and so because i'd only watched a little bit because my friend it was like late 94 i'd watch a little bit but i mm-hmm. didn't really know much sure but when he dangled out and like hit foot on the bottom one, one foot yeah one, one foot, foot i was sold one foot one foot one foot that was and it. that's not even the greatest Royal rumble ever no no it was just as far as showcasing Shawn Michaels was concerned, if that is your first exposure to wrestling, I get it as a big th- like as a really it really you know the light bulb went off or sure, something. Sure, sure, yep. And the guy wins it like goes wins it in such an athletic fashion or whatever. Yeah, and such a like just a cool way. Sure, that's going to sell you for life. That's a and good that's point. What happened? Okay. And I felt like I hit the jackpot later on because I didn't even realize how good he was. Hmm. Like, I just thought he was cool, and I liked how, like, athletic he was and stuff, but I didn't realize how talented he was into the ring, in the ring, till later on, and that's how I got, like, hooked on Shawn Michaels. I like that, Quinn. Yeah. And and I'm going to tell you how I became a fan of Shawn Michaels. Um, I had played the Royal Rumble video game, I've mentioned (laughs) this, before I watched wrestling. Right. So I knew the name, but that's it. I didn't know anything about him. Right. First wrestling tape I ever watched was after I was a wrestling fan for about a month. As I've also said, is Royal Rumble 93. Mm-hmm. Now, when I started watching wrestling in the summer of 94, that was when Shawn Michaels was on his like hiatus from actually being in the ring. Yeah, Remember, he, he did more Heartbreak Hotel segments. He did har- exactly. Yeah. He did Heartbreak Hotel and, and he, he was kind an of managed announcer. Diesel and he was an announcer, right? So I didn't really see him wrestle. Right. 
but I watched Rumble 93, and this is probably July or August of 94, okay? Yeah. So it's, it was fairly new. And I new. know what match you're talking about, yeah. Shawn Michaels versus Janetti. Right, with the Sherry, it's kind of the yep. blow-off to all the Sherry managing him thing. Exactly, and I was like, this guy's good. Yeah. And then I remember watching also Survivor Series 92 was the next tape I watched. Right. And of course, the last match on that- Bret Hart. Bret Hart against Shawn Michaels. I was like, wow, this is good match. Like, yeah. I didn't know what that meant. You know, right, I mean, but you like, enjoyed the yes, match. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I was like, this Shawn Michaels guy is good. So I probably watched him in a few other things. He's you something know? to watch for at that point, right? Exactly. Like, like, you knew he had talent. Right. And I, I mean, I think we should probably go through his career would you not say i think we should Uh, i just wanted to just mention how i got started with him and i I, there's been times where i definitely rooted against him Mm -hmm. if it was bret hart involved i was always on brett's side right when sid beat him i was actually very happy i'm not gonna lie yeah but we'll get to all that we'll get to all that yeah but overall, I also really like Shawn Michaels. Right. Yeah. So I just wanted to state yeah. that for the record. I think it's good to start. That's a yeah. good starting place. So there's um, no confusion there. I also really, really like him. Yeah. yeah. So from everything that I remember about Shawn Michaels, because remember, folks, this is unscripted, unrehearsed. Yeah. He got a start around 1984. Right. In the AWA was really where he broke out. I, I mean, he started with Jose Lothario, as was very famously <laughs> covered. Yeah. yeah. And I remember there one of his early matches. The they got his name wrong, and he was Sean Nichols. Yeah, <laughs> which yeah. Well, you we know. say sometimes around here. Yeah, you know what? What are you gonna do? I, it, it, it's Sean like Nichols. it's like Brett with two T's. Hard. Yeah. Like, like yeah. no, there would be crowds that would still get that wrong in like yeah. the late nineties. Yeah, I, I think a lot. Get of, him, Brett. A lot of yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think a lot of people starting out that that's a very of common course. thing to happen, right? Absolutely. But um, yeah, he started out. You know, eighty. He, he started out young too. Yeah, he. Was I think he was nineteen, 19 years old. Nineteen eighty four. He was a. Uh, you know. You could tell, because I've seen a lot of that early stuff. He was good then. He had talent. Yeah. You knew the guy had talent. He just needed that push. Yep. He had idolized Ric Flair. <laughs> right. I, there's a famous picture of him right before he got in the business of, with a, I think, the Wrestler magazine, and yep. he's in a suit, and he's trying to be Ric Flair. He's mimicking yeah. Ric Flair. That's what he wanted to do, is wrestle. Uh, yeah. And, and he was wrestling junkie, you know, his whole life. He, yep. It's not like some Johnny-come-lately wanted to go make some money, right. which was common in the 80s. Yeah, since he was like 10 years old or something, he was a wrestling fan. Yeah, he it was a fan who became a wrestler. Absolutely. And those are usually the best wrestlers. So, obviously, he broke out, you know, really his big breakout was with the more seasoned, more experienced Marty Jannetty, who was also very good at the time. Very good, yeah. So, they became right. the Midnight Rockers, Quinn, right? Right. Yep, they did in AWA. I think they became the champions over there, tag champs. Yep, and sometimes they were heels. They were generally faces. They did have a heel run, though. Yeah, but, I mean, they were generally, like, I feel they were AWA's Rock and Roll Express. I was just, what they were really being marketed to be. Yeah. I was just going to say, they were AWA's answer to the NWA's Not a bad answer. Rock and Roll Express. Not a bad answer at all. Yeah. And they had a good run there. They were there for a couple of years, very athletic. Their whole focus was on double team moves. Yeah, they were tag team specialists. Showmanship, yeah. exactly. And Vince McMahon, first of all, I mean, this story is known, but Vince hired them in 87 and they lasted like a couple of matches. They got into and some A crap. lot of that was, I think, guys didn't like them. 
That's what I've heard, too. I, I've heard that people were just looking for them to screw up in any little way. Right. Not even if it was a big thing. Something to do with Jimmy Jack Funk or something like that. Like, who cares? All these guys were doing the same shit. They were just a bunch of hypocrites. It's the 80s. It was yeah. bad back then. Yeah, exactly. I mean, so so for them to come in and Ex- say, yep. oh, the rockers are partying too much. Like, like, these guys are you. snorting cocaine Getting in the back. Getting arrested, fighting yeah. people. Like, yeah, yeah, fuck off with yeah. that. I agree with you, Quinn. They were just kids, too. They weren't, like, these... the. The veterans should know better, and they're doing the same shit back then. Perfectly said. Yeah. So they went back to the AWA and various other territories, but... uh, That was brief, though. Yes. And I know Sean said he thought it was the end of the world. He would never make it again. Mm -hmm. That was his only shot. But Vince brought him back in around the late spring, early summer of of 88 as the Rockers. No more Midnight. Yeah, and this was the big, big push. Like, And that's where they were really pushed as, like, those tag team specialists, you know? and I... Because we don't have as much time, I will say, overall, I felt it was disappointing, but it was a good start. Yeah. Because they didn't win the titles. They, well, you know what? That, that's the thing. Here's here's the notable rocker moments is, you know, they beat your jobber tag teams and stuff like that. They had a great feud that you don't see on pay-per-view against mm-hmm. Tully and Arn, the Brain Busters. Yep. Excellent feud. Excellent feud. Great matches. MSG, that the house show circuit. That seasoned them. Oh, yeah. That, that was like, now you're, they were, they hadn't really fought good wrestlers. No, they hadn't. And this kind of. It's probably what, you know, put into Sean's mind work rate, I would think. Working with a guy like Arn Anderson or Tully Blanchard. Yeah. Yeah, like And and the thing with the Rockers then was they were somewhat in the vein of the Rock and Roll Express where it was mainly like, you know, they were the pretty boys. Yeah, and I would say the women liked them a real lot. Arn and Tully were the perfect opponents because they had because they had experience working with the Rock and Roll Express Mm -hmm. in the NWA. And it was great and I think they knew how to work it. I think Arn went on record and said, you know, he learned a lot from working with them as well. Yeah, I think Tully said some great things, too. I I don't recall all of it, but both of them have said great experience. And I think probably they were saying it back then. So, obviously, somebody got in Vince's ear and said, these guys are... These guys are something. Absolutely. And so they had a good mid-card run. And like you said, Quinn, they didn't win the titles. But one of the things was, and this is the story as far as I've heard, if I'm wrong, you can correct me, folks, that... Vince was going to put the titles on them in the fall of 1990. the infamous rope match, right? And the real reason was that Vince had had enough of Jim Neidhart, and Brett Brett was okay with that. Yeah, baby, yeah! It meant a singles push for him. He was fine with this. And they were going to do a Brett singles push before that. Yes. So So Brett was okay. So the plan was, yeah, the Rockers are going to beat the Hart Foundation for the tag titles on Saturday night's main event. Right. And they did win. The winners of this bout and two Yeah, it was taped. It was taped. But it was never aired. Uh so the rope happened to break coincidentally. Yeah. And it was a perfect excuse. Yeah, to not use it because what wound up happening is they Vince kept Jim Neidhart, right. decided he was going to give them a longer tag title run, mm-hmm. and then push Brett I eventually. F- I do find it interesting that Brett's excuse always was that it was just a bad match. Yes. Yeah, I never got that. It's not... I've seen it. You've seen it, right? I've, it's yeah, not I've seen bits bad. and pieces of it. It's but, not great, but it's not that bad. Yeah. So anyway, so the Rockers just kick around throughout 90, throughout they 91. Have, they, I want to say the end of their tag run, 
what they did do right is they were great acts to get the crowd fired up yes. opening with the Orient Express a lot. Rumble 91, we talked about that yeah. with Scott. And then against uh, the Barbarian and Haku yeah. at WrestleMania 7. Like, you don't fuck with that match. Yeah, and I'm just... That's I a just great wanna, match. I just want to say, like, that, like, that, that was a good thing that they got known for was that these were workers that you could rely on day in, day out. They're always going to produce a good match. They're always going to get the crowds fired up. They're always going to be fun. Yeah. You know? And that carried over into Sean Singles run. Yep. So towards the end of 91, the Rockers break up, right? Right. And it airs in 1992 on the Barber And that's shop. a, I, I know a lot of people <sighs> what an consider angle. that a not- a very notable moment in their history of watching wrestling. What an angle Shocking. that was. Shawn Michaels throws Marty Jannetty through the window of the Barber shop. Right. What an angle. Right. Shawn Michaels then goes on his historic. Talk about good heel by the way gosh yeah nothing likable about him nothing likable this guy very rarely was violence that you know strong genetti bladed back then yeah genetti bladed this this looked like holy shit these guys are they hate each other other, and what a horrible person that Shawn michaels is so Shawn michaels has a really good 1992 as he establishes himself as a very solid mid-card heel yeah with a little bit Almost macho man s chicken shitness about him. He had some of that. Yeah. And he played the heel character so well. He liked to play the count out, too. He did. To really especially, rile the crowds up. Especially when he, when he won the IC title. So he beats yeah. Tito Santana at WrestleMania 8. Great start to his, you know, to his run. He has that, you know, feud with Bret Hart, but it wasn't on pay-per-view. Yeah. In the midst of 92. Right. Basically over the IC title. Correct. By the time Bret Hart fights him on pay-per-view, he's the world champion Bret is. Mm -hmm. They have a great match. It's like Michael's breakout singles match on pay-per-view. As a singles wrestler, yes. Excellent match. He could headline a show. Yep, and he could hang with another guy just like him, Bret Hart. It established him as that. Absolutely. But it seems like he regresses a bit after that due to some... I, political tomfoolery, something where they say he used drugs, but he probably didn't. Maybe Vince just wanted to work some kind of something. I don't know. You I know think, what I mean? I think it, it probably had to do with money. It might have been money. Because he was he was heading towards the main event. Either way, Michaels was getting fat around then. Remember yeah. that? Mm-hmm. And then his whole gimmick is, I'm the real Intercontinental Champion. So he feuds with Razor Ramon, and that leads! That leads to... Probably one of the best matches one he's ever had. One of the best matches he's ever had. One of the most influential matches the that there's match. ever been. Yeah, the not l- the first ever, but the first. No. Influential, though, yeah. Quinn. I would say, honestly, it was most people's first exposure to it, because the other one was on Coliseum Video. Like, yes. nobody really saw that. Against Bret Hart. Yeah, against Bret Hart. It was but, a good match, too. Yeah, a good but, match, too. But. but, of course, folks, if you're a retro wrestling fan, you would probably know about Razor Ramon versus Shawn Michaels for the Intercontinental yep, Championship. Just completely iconic. Yep. Shawn jumping off the ladder. That, mm-hmm. that shot. Of him with jump. a big splash, with yeah, the splash that yeah. was huge back then. What's he gonna do now? He is gonna splash him off the ten foot ladder. Shawn Michaels from high above. Oh! And the other thing that was notable about that was that people's idea of a ladder match was, oh, they're just going to be climbing the whole time, but they used the ladder as a weapon. That was huge, too. Yeah. That was a big deal. That set the tone for, no, 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 this isn't just go up there. This is beat the, beat the, beat the shit yeah, out, beat the of, shit your out of your opponent with opponent the ladder. it's also a no-holds-barred match. You know what I mean? It is, yes. Yeah, absolutely. And why not, right? Yep. So, great match. I mean, great we match. can't go on about it. No. But and as previously mentioned, Michaels kind of didn't wrestle for a while there until after uh, until around SummerSlam. Mm-hmm. Wins the tag titles with Diesel. 
breaks up with Diesel. That's when the super kick gets over as a finisher, by yep. the way. And then I know they rename it to Sweet Shin Music, which Eventually. I, never, I never liked even as a Shawn Michaels fan. Just call it the super kick. Sounds awesome. I know. It's such a good name. So he uh, obviously wins a Royal Rumble, headlines his first WrestleMania, and loses. Yeah. I I did, never felt okay with that decision, but he was the heel. And he it's was 95, a heel, so. and it's 95, and Diesel was their Hulk Hogan. Mm-hmm. His bodyguard, Sid, turns on him the next night. Right. Shawn Michaels takes about six, eight weeks off, comes yep. back as a face, Quinn. Yes. What did you think of that at the time? You were you were watching. Well, to me, he was already a face okay. at that point. I loved him. I was, I was so like, happy. this guy's great. I was so happy when he came now, out. Now, the only thing was, was is that I was used to him as a heel, and I was used to that badass attitude and it was a little weird him trying to sort of do that but also be a face and the thing is like is that only got worse yeah as 95 <laughs> turned into 96 yeah they tried to make him like a goody two-shoes almost yes. like and dancing with kids and stuff like yeah it's a little it was a little out of character the thing that defined him as a face in the 90s obviously he beats Bret Hart in the 60-minute Ironman match. Another in influential match. Yeah, and I think it's a good match. I know you picked it as an overrated. I think, I think maybe little, on the first episode. Right, because you can't... <laughs> the problem with it is you can't rewatch it. Yeah, it, it's, it's hard. It, it's still a can be appreciated for its technical wrestling right. merit. for its technical prowess, yes. I don't think it's the greatest match of all time. I also don't time. think it's Sean's best match either. Or Bret's, yeah. yeah. No, I agree. Yeah. But, of course, he wins there, right? Mm-hmm. I was pissed as you can might as you might imagine. Right. I know you were happy. I know there's pictures of you somewhere floating around. Yep. I was excited watching that match. Again, right? at the time, it was fantastic. Wearing your Shawn yeah. Michaels gloves. It was it was my big moment because you had Brett had been the world champion. That's I, true. I was waiting for like a year into my wrestling fandom for this to happen. Like and I was did. really excited about it. And Shawn gets a lot of shit, but I'm going to go on the record and say Shawn Michaels was a good WWF champion. He was. He had great matches with Mankind, Stone Cold. Sid, even? Sid. Honestly. He put Sid so over. Like, Vader? Yes. I, the guy, every Diesel? night. Yes. Every night was just, he was a he was a four-star plus match waiting Absolutely. to happen every time. And his character sucked, and I think people, I think even you'll admit that, Glenn, oh, yeah. that, that it, character That was sucked. the weakest part of the whole thing, but the also the whole company was shit, too. The whole company was shit. It's not his fault. It's not his, he tried to he carry He tried. It. And if the NWO hadn't come along about a month or two after he won the title, things yeah. might have been different. But I thought he was a great champion. Yeah, and you know what? A lot of people give him shit for getting a chip on his shoulder after that. But would you not have a chip on your shoulder if you're carrying this company and keeping it alive, literally? And like, honestly, for a whole year? That's almost true. I mean, like, because until the fall of 96, when things started to change, like we've talked right. about, Shawn Michaels was one of the few reasons to watch it. Right. And, and he honestly, never left. He was loyal. He was loyal. Right. Um, whether he, you know, I don't know why. But anyway, so the cool thing was is when he, I don't want to get into all the knee injury shit, but. Yeah, we when, don't have to. I know. He, he had turned, some injury controversy, let's just say that. Yeah. I've lost a lot of things, and one of them has been my smile. When he turned heel and did DX, that was huge, because that's another phase of his career. And it's another influential thing. DX is the the 
the cool badass heel which we were railing against but it was yes. new it was new and it was different than the nwo yeah and it was even different than the other iterations of dx which were yep terrible but and it was also different than michael's previous heel character right now it was, was breaking the rules but i mean not that he didn't break the rules but it was breaking the rules t- just to break them. he was no longer just right. like a prima donna now right. he was a real true fucking asshole right this show this Michaels. is probably one of the best iterations of him yes and that iteration of course gets defeated by stone cold steve austin and then he's gone that kicks off the attitude era and now quinn i want to get your thoughts here i personally never thought we would see Shawn michaels wrestle again what did you think I was hoping we would see Shawn Michaels. Again. As was I. The whole Attitude Era, I was like, you know what? This is missing Shawn Michaels. I, yep. As my favorite wrestler being gone, it was very weird. He would pop um, up as the commissioner, but like you, it was he never did not. Wrestle. And I went to that RAW where he was the where he became the commissioner. You I did. Was, yeah. I was there, and yeah. I freaked out because I was like, oh my god! I th- when I first heard his music and saw him come out, I really thought like, holy shit, Shawn Michaels is going to wrestle. Right. You know, it wasn't meant to be. Right. And that's one of my biggest regrets as a fan, actually, is I never got to see him wrestle live. The only time I ever saw him in person was that commissioner thing. Uh, well, at least you got to see him. Yeah. So he comes back in the summer of 02 in jeans. Yeah. <laughs> Fights Triple H. Great we all match. know that. Great match. And this is what I want to get at with Sean is why he could have just faded away in my fandom. Yes. It's the fact that he came back. It's the fact that he was a stand-up role model guy. After, you mean, After, 02 onwards. Yeah, he uh, was. I And it was, it was the fact that he was a veteran who was willing to put people over. Yes. I just gained so much respect for him, and I, I truly realized that this guy is one of the greatest of all time. You know, it's true. You would think that his career up to 98 would be enough to make him one of the you know notable great wrestlers. His second half was fantastic. He tacked on eight more years. Eight years. That's insane, first of all. Second of all, he was still putting up four-star, five-star matches the whole time. Kurt Angle. And I would even John say... John Cena. John Cena. You, you named the big names... But there was also just, you know, on random Raws, he'd fight like Shelton Benjamin John or Morrison. John Morrison. Yeah. Right. He was at the, he was still Chris amazing. Chris Jericho. Yeah. yeah, Chris Jericho. Right. And that Michaels does not get enough credit, in my opinion. It's like a marvel that it's that how good it was. Like, he had no right being that good. He had no right being that good. But I mean, the guy just was faithful in himself. He knew he could he knew he could do what he could do. And there's very few, if any stories about him politicking during that period of time no he he was willing to do whatever he was just happy to be there at and that point and it he shows wasn't, he wasn't always the world champion or anything in fact he I think was he, never the, he, he won the one world title the reign. world though the crappy belt yeah but it was the raw belt it still it was, sucked yeah i know but i'm just saying at the time and it, it was, was brief right it was it like was, three months or something yeah it was very brief yeah he put over john cena at wrestlemania 23 yeah that was huge now if you remember this is one of my favorite moments from that era of Michaels. Is how that match just kind of happened because of some injury or whatever? Well, yeah, because Triple H got injured. But no, a couple of weeks later, maybe it was the next night, I don't remember. You were at my house watching this. Wait, didn't they have the rematch that was like an hour In long? London. It was so good. And Shawn Michaels beat... That was during like yeah. Super Cena. Yeah. He super kicks him and beats him. Yep. We lost our shit. And Cena! Oh, no! Coming for the second half of you tonight. What? The Michaels... It was great because it was rare that Sean would go over like that. 
Like that? Yeah. yeah like it, John Cena didn't lose. It was like a return to prominence for one night, like where yep. Sean's the top dog, right? It was awesome. It was so cool. That was And fun. it was a great match. It was yep. an hour long. Fantastic. And I just, I guess that brings us to the end. Wrestle 25, first great of ma- all. Great match. With ta- <laughs> well, he did take her two years in a row. At, Wrestle tw- at WrestleMania 25. And then was, Wrestle 26 is when he retired, yeah. Both matches were great. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing much you could say. They were great. They were like, they were probably some of the best matches The Undertaker's ever had. Absolutely. You know? This is the thing about Shawn Michaels, folks, overall. Yeah, he'll readily admit it. In the 90s, he was horrible. Yep, as and a he, person, and he's willing to admit it. Which he's I, willing to admit it, which is not what a lot of guys would right. be willing to do. But you know what? You can look at his body of work in general, and just like any wrestler, you can pick out their faults. Of course, no one yeah. is with everybody has flaws. Yeah, right. Everybody makes mistakes. But if you look at Shawn Michaels' body of work, and if you're looking for consistency. If you're looking for good matches, if you're looking for emotional promos and angles, just a good character, a good character, a reliable guy where if he's on the card pretty much in any era of his career, you know, there's going to be a good match. You know, there's going to be a good match. What can you say against that? Was the guy an asshole sometimes? Sure. Yeah. But who isn't really? I mean, besides like, I don't know, Owen Hart. You know what's funny about all that? Is that overall in his entire 20-something year career, Yeah, that was like three years of it, where he was that... Really bad? Really bad politic or whatever. Yeah. Great wrestler, Mm -hmm. great in-ring guy. I like him a real lot, Quinn. He's also one of my favorites, despite the fact that I don't usually promote that. (laughs) He is one of my favorites. I respect him. Well, thank you. I think his career is absolutely astonishing in a way, because he had that second half of it. Yep. You, you don't know, see that every day. If it would have ended in 98, it still would have been a yeah. good career. It's one of the most worthy Hall of Famers ever. Up there with the all-time greats. Yep. Absolutely 100%. Mm-hmm. Back after this. Okay, because together we can make it to the top. But it's up to you, Shawn Michaels. I'm going to turn my back to you right now. And if you want to go on your own, then walk off and leave. If you want to stick together and make this thing work, when I turn around, we're going to shake hands and we're going to go on a rock and roll like the rockers can do. They need each other. You know that. Sounds fair to me. He's not going to walk away. They need each other. Ladies and gentlemen, the rockers! Told you. I to see that. Told you. Tag team specialists. See, one without the other isn't any good. Oh! I knew he was going to do that. I just knew he was going to do that. He don't need Janetti. I told you that off and on. Are you kidding? What a despicable act that was. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. I just wanted to remind you, check us out on the Twitter. Yeah. At OVP Podcast. You can also email us at OVPPodcast at gmail.com. That is OVP Podcast at gmail.com. Quinn, we're also a few other places. Where are we? We are on the iTunes, uh, the Google Play right. Music. Yep. The Stitcher. Yep, the Stitcher. The Blueberry. 
Oh yeah, Blueberry. Yeah, that and uh, <laughs> all Player. sorts of FM, player. All kinds of crap. All sorts of places. And of course, the place to be. Nathan. Right, the place to be. That's right. That's the place you want to be. So, folks, unfortunately, it is our last segment. Right. We're reviewing something. Yes, we are. Now, this was actually requested by none other than Michael Quinn himself (laughs) to review a show. Maybe I should preface. Go ahead. Yes, please. So, what we're reviewing, I'll just say at this time, we're Mm -hmm. reviewing NWA Worldwide Wrestling. Yes, from April 12th, 1986. Now, the reason why (laughs) is because anytime I'm watching these NWA... um, Saturday night championship uh, cha- wrestling World championship yeah. wrestling mm-hmm. I, I would always notice that there'd be this www logo on these clips they would show and people would always get the shit beat out of them and i was right. like what show is that and i told quinn <laughs> right it's and worldwide then, it's worldwide and then um yeah so i was like i want to watch one of those so we did yeah now folks what is worldwide it was a syndicated show hour long and it was actually Aired, believe it or not, 1971. Wow. Until 2001. They never pulled it. Oh, yeah, I forgot. It was WCW Worldwide. It turned into WCW Worldwide. It was a syndicated show. It was not their A show. Probably B or C tier. Would that make it longer than... um, Anything. (laughs) Would it make it long... Well, wait a sec. Would that make it longer than championship wrestling? Uh, It's close. I don't remember the, the... if you count championship turning into superstars, you mean? Yeah, I guess. It's very close. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, folks, so this is NWA Worldwide Wrestling from April 12th, 1986. We start with a cold open. Which is common for any NWA show of this era. Right. And it's Magnum beating up on Nikita. Cole yes. Off. Hot feud at the Hot time. Hot feud at the time. So it's just a brief clip of that. And then, Quinn, you happen to say that you like this opening. It's 70s yeah, it's style. Yeah, 70s and like, it's weird because it's the 80s. It's 86. It's <laughs> yes. not even close to the 70s <laughs> no, anymore. Not. But yeah, it's like, dur, 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 dur. like, you know, that freeze like, frames, freeze yeah. frames, like fireworks in the background. Something, or something. with outer space, probably. Outer space. Yeah, <laughs> it's just silly. It's very like that retro future look to yeah. it. <laughs> so, of course, we are welcomed by none other than Tony Schiavone and David Crockett. And the first thing we see is that red background. The thing Quinn was talking the about. The WWW in the background. And I was like, this is it. This is the show. This is the show. Now, this is the uh, mustache edition of Tony Schiavone. Yes. Just pointing that out. Uh, yeah. Mid-80s, he was full-on <laughs> mustache at that point. Did he get rid of the mustache when he went to WWF? Is that's that when probably it was. what happened? I think that's when it was. You know, because Vince always wants the boys. He doesn't like mustaches. Yeah. So we get a promo with Matt. Magnum TA and Quinn's favorite Ronnie Garvin. Mm, this guy is just why. What's your problem with him? I just want to know. <laughs> he's just so mediocre, but they treat him <laughs> like he's such a big deal. Like there's nothing good about him, like yeah. at all. You also noted Quinn that his hair was very fuzzy. It's very fuzzy. He looked like a kid I went to school with or something, except bleach blonde, of course, because who's bleach blonde except you know, a lot of wrestlers. Ronnie and Ronnie Garvin, Garvin unfortunately. Sting. Rick Flair. Yeah. I guess everyone was pleased. Dino Bravo. Then. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> pretty crappy promo by both of them, especially by Magnum. He didn't say it was horrible. He was just like, ah, it felt like it was like just like him you. showing off his belt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe. This man can knock him out. I can belly to belly him. We're a sure, sure group to win this tournament i don't know and yeah just garvin's terrible garvin's terrible so we get to our first match here which is (laughs) black bart 
versus George South. Now, now th- this is weird. Black Bart's the Mid Atlantic yeah. champion. Um, here's the thing with the NWA. First of all, is I remember seeing Black Bart on Starcade at one point, being around this time, being the um, bare knuckle champion or something. <laughs> but that brings us to a point here. Remember how the NWA just had like five thousand belts? Yeah, it's kind of like now. It's kind of like now, but even more belts. I guess so. But what's strange about all those belts is, like, for some reason, like, people really thought they were, like, important or something. Like, like <laughs> how could being the mid-Atlantic champion be any good when there's the U.S. champion? Like, honestly. like I mean, I agree with you. Yeah, it's I, like... I totally agree. It's like, yeah, and I'm, like, the... East Brunswick champion or something <laughs> like just some town Perth Amboy champion like uh, Newark. I'm the I'm the some street like Main Street champion. Like <laughs> so Black Bart here, he looks like to me the latter day Hercules, but yeah. worse. Right, just out of shape, just well, shitty hair. He also hair. looks a lot like Bruiser Brody, which seems to be some kind of trend in the eighties. Everyone's guess. trying to get fake Bruiser Brody on their yeah. their squad. Now, I noted here, this looks like it's taped in a very large American Legion. It's, it's Brown an, paneling in the background. Bi- I would say it's bigger than an American Legion. It's it's an arena. of okay. some, It's a small arena. It's like a sure. convention center. Yeah, what kind that? of conventions are they doing there? Tupperware? <laughs> Stop. It wasn't that bad. <laughs> You're being mean. Tommy Young is the ref, and Quinn, you noted Black Bart sucks. Yes, Black Bart is terrible. <laughs> he really is. I don't, yeah, I don't know what his deal was. They, he just seems like, you know, a shitty... Low card heel. He that's is, like pretty that's much exactly. would sum up Black Bart. He Did gives, he ever appear anywhere else? <laughs> he was a WWF jobber occasionally. Ah, oh, well, there you go. But um, he can't cut it with the WWF. <laughs> I I noticed here the ring apron looks like the banner was made in <laughs> MS Paint and just printed out on a like poster board. Yeah, I mean that was their typical like. It looks again, like you, shit. You have to remember here. That uh, like this is supposed to be more the house show environment, not the yeah, but it's not on the, television though. Yeah, but not the studio. I know, w- but WCW God, style. It's on TV. At least I get, get a it. decent banner. It's lit well. It's lit well. That's true. You know. So, <laughs> Quinn, you noted this feels like a yeah, this fight. feels like a fight more than a wrestling match. Yeah, and, and I think that's a lot of the NWA back then. <laughs> You know, like it's just it feels more real. Let's well, especially a black bar, it feels like a bar fight. Or yeah, something. it does. I mean, Saloon. That is his character. I mean, he's an <laughs> asshole. You notice this when Tony and David Crockett are kind of mumbling their way through this. I did find that odd because I'm used to yeah, them being so black excited. Bar. Yeah, and, and for the opening contest to be like this, and they do get excited later. But, later on, but it, they're a little. Like, I don't want to watch Black Bart. Like, that's made, <laughs> that's yeah. most people because yeah. the crowd is, like, napping. Now, Bart bites his opponent quite literally. Like, yes, I, I, I actually said saying. ill, like, when he did it. He put his Gross. mouth, opened his mouth, and bit into this guy's forehead. And then Black Bart wins with a horrible top rope leg drop. Yeah, he, like, falls on his ass landing. Like, like you know, like, you're supposed to land it kind of sitting? Yes. He, like, falls, like, backwards it's like, when horrible. he lands. So, it's, wor- it's almost as bad as Sid Breaking his leg yeah. off the top rope. And I just said it's no wonder Black Bart never did anything good it's after true. watching that match. And you notice the the crowd very calmly boos. Yeah, like, it wasn't yeah, a, it wasn't like a he's not a good heel, let's <laughs> no, put it that way. They're like, this guy sucks. Yeah, the, he sucks. We don't want to see him. <laughs> Get out of the ring. Next. So we, we cut to David Crockett with a promo with yeah. gorgeous Jimmy Garvin with Precious. Gorgeous Jimmy Garvin is 
He's fun. He's fantastic. He's, he, I, I like that just full of himself, and he's got Precious with him, and she's spraying the stuff yep. all over the place. He's making fun of Wahoo, and I'm going to admit, he's obnoxiously fun. Uh, gorgeous? Yes. Yeah, he's, he's fantastic. fun. Oh, the new cock of the walk, man! I mean, the new king of the mountain! You know what's amazing about him? His hair is so out of control. It's so fluffy and horrible. It looks like a wig, but it's not. That's what's crazy about it. It it looks like three meerkats died on his head. Yeah, it's so good. (laughs) So he wanders away, and then David Crockett brings in our next guest, which is who, Quinn? It's Dusty, right? Dusty. Dusty. With the perfect 10. With the perfect 10, baby doll, and a very green jacket and sunglasses. I thought he looked cool. He did kind of look cool. So he mentions Tully and Flair and Iron Anderson. Iron Anderson. The, our, one of our favorite Dustyism. He's, he's. I used to say Iron Anderson by accident, and everyone would get on me. But Dusty says it all the time, and no one gives a shit. Iron Anderson. Iron Anderson. Iron Anderson. Dusty wants his TV title back, Quinn. Cool, because right, the TV title's awesome. I it would is. want it back too. Now, remember this, Quinn? Dusty pretty much admits that Baby Doll is a gold yeah, digger. Yeah, he says she wants to hang around with a, a two-time world yeah. champion and she not... She only likes the champions. Not Tully Blanchard, <laughs> yeah. who wasn't a world champion. She loves a champion. That's why she runs with two-time world's heavyweight champion, Dusty Rhodes, the American Dream. What, what's that about? So he's just admitting that this woman's with yeah. him for his money? <laughs> Great. What the fuck is that? Good character. He's like, I'm okay with that. <laughs> Yeah, with his green shirt. I'm okay with that, daddy. So <laughs> so Iron Man hits. So that means the Road Warriors. Yep. And Quinn says, look who's with them. Fucking Paul Ellering. <laughs> and his stupid karate Yeah, and his stupid karate game. <sighs> so this was interesting. Quinn loves Paul Ellering. I hated ugh, everything yeah, about I, this. I hate this because of Paul Ellering. <laughs> The Legion of Doom's not bad, but... Yeah, and which is interesting, Tony calls them the Legion of Doom. Yes. They were using that nickname in this. Well, that was the faction. They were always called yes. the Legion of Doom. It's just confusing. But it dwindled down to just being the two of them eventually. The three, if you count stupid Rocco over there. But... <laughs> yeah. So... I just have to say, turn up the fucking commentary mics. Okay, so this is the point... Who produced this? This is the point in the show... Where the crowds are hot, and that's a good thing. First of all, yes, it is absolutely. It's the crowds Warriors. are s- smoking hot, Short, white hot. They're yelling and screaming for everything, be. as they should be. And this is probably, I would say, the peak time for the NWA. This is the best. Eighty six, yeah, hell yeah. Eighty five, even eighty four was good, but eighty four, eighty five, eighty six, eighty seven. Yeah, I mean, they it. were in quite a run they at this were point, awesome. and the crowds were like this a lot, yes. but if they're going to be like this, you turn need to turn the, the mics, mics up. up. It's like the angel of death coming upon you. You can't hear anything, yeah. folks. I mean it. And, you know, the tape wasn't fantastic. But still, like, yeah, no would, excuses here. But I mean, Did maybe, Jason Hervey produce this? On the other hand, Fucking Joe, Wayne. Butthead. Do you think there was a mentality in producing this that you want it to be like, Wow, the crowds are so loud for these guys that we can't hear ourselves kind of thing. Do you think maybe that was no. a production decision, possibly? No, I do not. Okay. You but really that's don't? A, that's a fair point, but no, yeah. I really don't. I just think it wasn't that well produced. Because it does make the crowd, to me, look awesome. Like, it's like, wow, I want to go to that. Okay. Like, it, this looks like a party. They're drowning out the announcers. Yeah. Fine. I, I understand. Yeah, like, I understand, yeah. but I don't think that was a conscious decision. Anyway... Yeah. 
Animal gets a top rope power slam for the win. And by the way, we don't know who the jobbers were because they don't say. Well, this match was like two seconds long. It was really short. Yeah. It was like, like they, three seconds. Literally, I think Animal body pressed him. And then Hawk picked him up and handed him to Animal on the second rope slam. One, two, three. That's all that happened in that whole match. Yeah, pretty And that's much. off the top of my head, but I'm almost positive that's I what happened. I think you're pretty much right. It was yeah. really short. So we yeah. get a quick little cutaway to... The Superdome, the James, yeah, for the Memorial Cup, the James Crockett Senior Memorial Cup at the Superdome. The, yeah, I think this was the second one. I want to say it, it might have been. been the first. I'm not sure. You know, Hulk Hogan didn't go because he thought it was at the Silverdome. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, it is the Superdome, brothers. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so we cut away to Tony Schiavone with the like 1970s Jeopardy background. <laughs> it's like all red and like practically glowing. It looks <laughs> like there's like a carpet on a wall behind him that says NWA. And these are the local ins- insert local insert promos for which the- is always fun to see. Yeah, WWF yeah. did it too. It's, yeah. it's always good. And this is for the Roanoke Civic Center. Yes, Quinn. and um, I would say actually, if we're comparing it to WWE, these these local promos are way more involved. I, I think, guess. I don't know. They're about the same to me. They were. They felt longer, let's put it that way. They were longer. Yeah. So uh, Tony Schiavone does these promos for the Roanoke Civic Center, and he brings in Paul Jones, Baron Von Roschka. Baron Von Roschke, he's everywhere. We've seen him on NWA or yeah. AWA stuff. We just NWA talked about stuff. him a few weeks ago in yeah. the AWA review. And this is around the same time. I really don't know. I can never understand how that worked with the I AWA. Because I thought the AWA was more exclusive. Well, they were about, you know, the Olympics. <laughs> yeah, but I meant, I, I thought that, like, AWA stars, like Baron especially, yeah, was, I like, know. exclusively AWA, but apparently he's he's always around. Then he's in the WWF in, like, 88. That and, like, was horrible. Yeah, I'm just saying, though, it's interesting to see Baron there. And and Pistol Pez, but he's not known as Pistol Pez. Quinn. Shaska Watley. Shaska he's Watley. in the heel turn, and... Shaska here is on most of the show. His top hat. And with his top hat. His he's prancing around. Oh, he's and, yeah, fun. He's a good time. He's and fun here. I always liked him because he came in as like a, you know, he's kind of a job, a jobber a to the jobbery stars. A jobbery baby face, yeah. He would win against jo- other jobbers. Yeah, but, but that's like, it. This heel turn was awesome. Because mm-hmm. no, I don't think people saw it coming, too, because he was like a likable character. Yep. Big baby face reaction. Yep. And then they just full 180. He's a heel now. Anyway, so we've got um, <laughs> this promo going on, and I just need to say, Paul Jones is horrible. You don't like Paul this Jones like sucks. I don't like Paul Ellering. Ex- people named Paul do not yeah. do well with me on this show. Now, Paul Jones here is like... You know, he's not supposed to be a top tier. In fact, this faction here, his army, they're like... They blow. No, they do. They're like the Dungeon of Doom or something. <laughs> like, they're, they, But they, even in, like, histo- historically watching these shows, yeah. they're not meant to be, like, know. you know, the Four Horsemen or anything. He's the like, slick, right? Yeah, he's like or the, the Grand Wizard. Yeah. In, meaning at his level, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, he's not the same character. He's, he's not like an Bobby army Heenan. commander or something, but... <laughs> I know. So we get more Jimmy Garvin, and remember, Quinn, it's pretty much the same promo that well, we already this is, saw. Okay, so the first one we saw was the one that was airing on the national feed for yes. everyone. Now, but this the, is the local insert. This is the local insert, and it also has Jimmy Garvin cutting a very similar promo, yes. even down to, like, kissing Precious at one point near the end of the promo. The same like, way, Like, almost yeah. the exact timing, like, and everything. Thing. Yeah, and not that I blame them for using no, it. No, I mean, it's fine. these guys are cutting hundreds of promos. Yeah. So back to regular promos. By that, I mean the national feed yeah. with David Crockett. 
Right. And, Quinn, it is the Road Warriors with your favorite, Paul Ellering. And Paul Ellering basically standing with a piece of paper doing fucking nothing in the background, <laughs> as usual. And then and then the Road Warriors talk in a pretty good promo. Yes, it and, is. And Paul Ellering just kind of adds nothing at the end and says the same bullshit, you know. So, I have a direct quote from Quinn here. You know what would make this promo better? If Paul Ellering wasn't there. Yeah. I mean... He's just the worst, Joe. He is. He is. He's, I agree. He, if if we had a worst managers of all time segment, he would be the first one. <laughs> Come on. He the sucks. First? <laughs> he sucks. He's infuriating. Why? He, he's insufferable. He's just... He, I, he's get off my screen heat. Like, I am good. Yeah, just <laughs> fuck him. So, <laughs> let's move on to our next Oh, match. well, I will say, okay, in that promo, ahead. though, yeah. all I wanted to, to I thought, I swear I thought Hawk was just going to say sour and gory. Because <laughs> like, anytime I think of a Hawk promo, I think back to that power and glory promo. Sour and gory. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> sour. And gory. He also says, you put the S in stink. Yeah, and they're bad. Because he's Hawk. Yeah. You put the S in stink. So we get Ricky Morton versus no one knows. Yeah, it doesn't matter because Ricky Morton is insane. So over. over. Holy this shit. is unbelievable. These, how over this guy is, is oh my you God. would never, ever see this. No. Ever. This was absurd. Now. This is like Daniel Bryan levels of over here. Almost 100% of the crowd has their hands up and they're, they're, stand, so they're standing and they're having and they're jumping up and down for every move the guy's doing. Drop kicks, punches. They don't care. <laughs> he is. Oh, my God. Ricky. Morton, yeah. Like, you know, like it also occurred to me while watching this Quinn, Dana Carvey would make a great <laughs> Ricky Morton if for ever, like a TV movie. If they ever made like Ricky Morton, the true story, <laughs> Dana Carvey plays him. Thanks. I like to play. Behind the music, Ricky Morton. <laughs> Behind the music. Yeah, he is rock and roll, right? <laughs> uh, Tommy Young is once again the ref. I think he's the ref for like every match on this <laughs> we'll, thing. We'll find out. And the jobber's kind of chubby and like not in like a fat way, just yeah. a chubby way. I mean, it's not notable. More the crowd is the main focus. Oh my of god, this, they're this so this hot match. for him. It's unbelievable. It's it's great. What a small little feud can do for you. Absolutely, right? like, because... This is proof. Ric Flair wanders out to start and some shit. And that's what the feud is, if we yes. haven't said. And this, to me, shows how great Flair really was. Yes. this Ricky Morton's a tag team wrestler. I know he's, like, headlining shows as a tag team wrestler because the rock and rolls and the midnights were so over. But Yeah, but this is a singles feud. This is a singles feud with a world heavyweight champion with one half of a tag team. Ric Flair in his prime. Mm-hmm. And so Morton wins with a top rope drop kick. It doesn't prime. matter that he wins. No, it doesn't That's matter. That's not what this is about, because Flair gets in the ring. And they start shoving each other, and then Morton beats the crap out of Flair. The minute Morton puts hands on Flair, the crowd, like, Ugh. this is where they get their loudest. They, the roof blows off this place. It's so loud that the announcers are inaudible. Yeah. And again, I don't think that's on purpose, but it's a good effect. In this case, it was a great it's effect. It's a good effect here. This is unbelievable. Morton tears off Flair's jacket, tears his, his shirt. shirt, and then he visually pins him for the three. He puts he put he jumps on him and then Morton actually puts the count for himself. Yes. And then when Morton hits the three on his count, the crowd explodes again if they haven't already exploded. Yep. Like just great. Really great. Just, they, 
An awesome feud. Awesome feud. They keep brawling and some generic wrestlers run out to right. break it up. But then Dusty Rhodes runs out. And, and then everyone starts losing their shit because yes. Dusty Rhodes is now talking shit to Ric Flair. And he's in a very slimming black t-shirt, Dusty, <laughs> yeah, if even, you notice. Yeah, he looks fine. So David Crockett, we cut to David Crockett in the interview center and he loves it. Yeah, David, okay. <laughs> he's marking I was going to say about this that um, David Crockett, what I always liked about him is that he seems like a fan who just happens to be related to the owners yes. rather than an owner who is a fan. I agree with you. He he genuinely looks like he likes yes. the, like what he's watching. Now, whether he did or not, we won't know, but he did a great job pretending. He's authentic. If he didn't. I, exactly. I really, truly think he loved the product, and it wasn't just a, I love it because it's our product. I right. think he probably liked wrestling. He might have. Like, I, that's what I just always got the the gist from him i think you're right yeah we go to our next match which is nighthawk versus some other jobber they don't say the name which really annoys me and tommy young <laughs> of course counts the three after a fucking shoulder breaker it was okay nighthawk. i mean it wasn't the worst shoulder breaker but come on a yeah, shoulder breaker it's the 80s joe yeah all right <laughs> we get a promo from the russians quinn that would be ivan koloff mm -hmm. nikita koloff and smash aka yeah. of course barry darso khrushchev. crusher khrushchev now did you notice this, Quinn? Did you see that Darso's promo? Pretty good. I heard earlier that you came out here and said you had sick minds. I don't believe that. I don't believe you have a mind. Oh, yeah. Darso was a good... He was just always reliable. Like, you could put him in anything. And even in his later career, doing the hole-in-one stuff. Yeah. He, he just... He knew the business. He was solid. He knew the business. He knew what he was doing. Smash, obviously, his biggest role. But, yeah. I mean... But this isn't like a Smash promo. This is very calm. Right, because his character's serious. Crusher Khrushchev is a... You know, he's, serious he's in the Russians. Russians. Yeah. Kick your ass, motherfucker. Yeah. And I... I've always liked Barry Adar, so he's a very underrated guy. He, he's a great guy. Yeah. Uh, and I also like Ivan Koloff in this role. I know you do, because he's like kind of their mentor. Right, and it, it's good. It's like I said about Ivan Koloff before, is that because he has that former world champion prestige to him and the WWF world champion on top of that, right. he, is, he just fits like a glove in the role of mentor. He looks a little older, but he doesn't look too old. No, he doesn't look too old. But he looks like grizzled. And that's exactly. what I like about him. Yep. Perfect. Yeah, perfect role for him. And obviously their their top guy with them is Nikita. Yeah. Nikita awesome. looks fucking oh amazing. God. This what is before he got the hair and slimmed down. He yeah. looks fantastic in the mid 80s right he just he looks like world champion material absolutely yeah. so we get a promo of course from iron anderson and rick flair <laughs> yeah anderson's awesome as always he's got this proud like red warm-up jacket and, and he's sunglasses. got his tv title with him that's right this show honestly tons of promos quinn and yeah and that's honestly more what i wanted to watch it for when i first got because i'd always seen worldwide yeah. as a promo show because i would see the clips be right. replayed on world championship wrestling right which was more of a wrestling show right well, yeah it was, it was match after match after yeah. match it felt like there was like 10 matches on one right. episode yeah. good promo by arn great promo by flair on yeah. ricky morton of course yeah and they'll have to pull me off you with an erector set you understand? Awesome stuff by both. Um, and, yep, and then yeah. we then we cut to our next match, which I like this because it's the Barbarian. Yeah, and he's in the army with uh, Shaska and Paul Jones. Yep. <laughs> this is what it, what is what number appearance now of Shaska is this? Like second or third? Second right? or third? And he's fighting a jobber named Rocky King. Now I said Rocky King looked he looked in good shape. 
Like, he did. But unfortunately, I said also is that he looks like he was made to be a jobber because he's in very good shape, but he's not a steroid mutant. Right. And that's unfortunate for him. Because yeah, he probably would have been a star otherwise or in a different era. Now, Quinn, you liked how they had to unchain the barbarian. The barbarian was in chains when he came to the ring. And it wasn't really mentioned or said, but Paul Jones was like uncuffing him or something. Yeah, it was like, cool. Yeah, very cool stuff. You actually said to me, the barbarian is just a bad motherfucker. He... <laughs> The Barbarian's unbelievable. I think he's another underrated guy. I love Barbarian. And that's what I like about the NWA in general. There's a lot of guys there that are just good. Yes. And that they eventually went on to bigger and better things. But Mm -hmm. seeing them all together, it feels like like an all-star team, really. I agree with you 100%. The ref is, surprise, folks, (laughs) it's Tommy Young. Yep, he's back. Now, <laughs> yeah. Now, Barbarian kills him for a while. Throws yeah, him this to the is, outside. This is because I think the other matches were shorter. Yeah. So there was a couple matches. There was two or three matches here where you could tell they said, uh, "We don't have enough time yeah. on the thing." Barbarian literally dominates the whole match. He yeah. finishes it with not the top rope clothesline, Quinn. No, 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 no. Top rope headbutt. Top rope headbutt. He, you know, he pulls a dynamite kid. Yeah, basically. Know? And as he's doing that, Paul Jones is yelling about Jimmy Valiant. Yeah. Um. That's because I believe leave shaska cut boogie woogie's hair off yes that's correct and he's been carrying it around in this whole show we've seen that hair yes that's correct because that's that's actually i don't know if you know joe that's how shaska turned heel he was tagging with boogie woogie oh he was teaming with him okay he turned on him you've seen that i've seen it yeah all right this is our nwa expert michael quinn (laughs) i'm not much of an expert but I, i i've watched enough shaska beats up uh rocky king for fun Yes, basically. <laughs> it's basically Barbarian just killing time for this show and, and yeah. a nice big finish. You yeah, know? no, it's nice. And yeah. then we get a Wahoo McDaniel promo. And Quinn, you told me he's better than Chief J. Strombo. I can at least say that. He is. He's I like cool. Him. I like him, too. It's a yeah. good promo, too. Yeah. Very level-headed. He's like, you're going to be the one praying for yourself, not right. for me. It Almost was awesome. Jake Roberts-esque with yeah, that kind of very stuff. Like, get in your head. Yeah, Really cool. cool stuff. And when you get down your hands and knees... Pray for yourself. Don't pray for me. So then we get our next match, which is <laughs> Manny Fernandez, who Quinn doesn't like. We'll get to that in a second. Manny Fernandez teaming up with the gobbledygooker himself, Hector Guerrero. Yes, yes the gobbledygook <laughs> is set for action. Versus some unnamed jobber with a gold mask and... I couldn't believe this. The Golden Terror! How? From our first review. How is he still around? Even in 86, he's a freaking jobber. Uh, he's he's rolling on. In fact, you even said to me, Quinn, does a Golden Terror ever die? No, I guess not. I, I'm not, I wouldn't be surprised if the Golden Terror showed up on Raw next week. <laughs> now, Tommy Young is the ref. He better yeah, of be getting- Of course he's the ref. <laughs> he better be getting paid overtime. <laughs> Um, Quinn, you don't like Manny Fernandez. I don't like Manny Why Fernandez. Not? Because they always try to make Mandy... Mandy... Manny Fernandez... How was your dog's yeah. name? <laughs> they always try to make Manny Fernandez, like, the this big deal. For, uh, he's not very good. Oh, Roman Reigns. Roman... Well, no. You know what I compared him to? And what? Maybe this will go... This I'm actually going to melt her up here. Oh, There's no. a guy in Japan, um, Goto. Goto. And he is like the same kind of thing where they they act like he's so good, and he always like, but he never can win the big match, like Lex Luger, like Lex Luger, something like that. But I mean, I just felt more Goto X because I hate him, <laughs> and it's the same way with Manny Fernandez. I just, it's always like he's a, he could be a main eventer, and he's but he isn't. So stop acting like he is. <laughs> okay. 
So anyway, a pretty boring squash, and then Hector jumps off of Manny's shoulders, actually. Yeah, that was cool. With a I'll splash. Give it that, yeah. yeah, for the win. Good, yeah. good finish. And then we get another promo, of course, for the Crockett Senior Cup. And Quinn! Yes. Eastern Airlines. Yeah, you what? get a discount if you go through Ticketmaster or whatever this is. <laughs> What's Eastern Airlines? I don't know, but it existed then, and I guess maybe the Crockett's had a deal with them. Eastern Airlines. And they were friends with everyone in down south. They've, I'm sure they knew some kind of airline person to get them discounts. <laughs> so we get more local promos. This time it's for both Greensboro, North Carolina, and Roanoke, Virginia. And right. now... The background is not red, Quinn. It's blue. Now we got the blue background. More backgrounds, just for me. It's like Tony knew that I was going to watch this so, in 2017. Um, <laughs> we get a promo from uh, Nighthawk, which is a Joe Nighthawk Coltrane, by the way. He went to college, Quinn, in Roanoke. And I was going to say, when he said that, I, I immediately, when I looked at well, who, who cares? cares, right? <laughs> but when you look at him, he looks like one of those guys, and I, I didn't look up his history or anything, but he looks like the typical college football player who didn't it didn't work out in the nfl and now he's here to like make some money basically it's possible yeah you never know maybe i'm wrong maybe there's some nighthawk fans out there but no there's not yeah there's like literally no one that's a nighthawk fan i'm well, sorry know, there's from not the era might no. have liked him i don't know who I don't know. Oh, wait. Ruben Vasquez Jr. If you liked him, let us know. Okay, yeah. How about that? <laughs> uh, anyway, so we get a promo from the Rock and Rolls. They're wearing shirts. It's weird. Yeah, and, and you were saying before how you were wondering where Ricky Morton was, and I was trying to- No, Robert I, Gibson. Or, or, sorry, Robert Gibson, and I was tr- I I had thought he was still around. I and, thought he was injured, but, but I guess he's not. not. He's not. It was, just a, it was just an independent feud with Morton and Flair. Rick Flair was just was. being a dick to Ricky Morton, Yeah, and basically. he just called him out. Because I remember it got started- Ricky Morton and um, Gibson were having a match, and Flair was... This is a match! Yeah, but I'm saying Flair was talking shit on the side in the World Championship Wrestling Studio. Because That's he's what... Ric Flair. Yeah, exactly, and then Ricky Morton took offense to it, so... All right, so we get another promo. <laughs> <laughs> it's Rod Garvin, but Quinn, yeah. you notice something very interesting about the baseball cap he yeah, was wearing. Yeah, he had a baseball cap on, but it's like too high on his head, like he wants to show the logo off too much. <laughs> I hate when people do that. It's a, okay, it fits your head, so just bring it over your head. Why can't you just do that it looked like a slight wind would blow that shit off it I was like iron anderson used to do that shit too actually but maybe it was just the style back then or something i don't know it just always looks stupid to me also quinn ronnie garvin's birthday is may 2nd he mentions yeah he brings that to our attention and i say who cares yeah basically yeah. so we cut to jim Cornette, very yes. young fresh face jim Cornette. and you know what i did like because that this was not wwe footage and they edit we actually got to hear the midnight's real yes, music we did he introduces yeah. the midnights and of course it is bobby eaton and dennis condry yep lover boy lover boy dennis beautiful, beautiful bobby, bobby. Yep. yep and people are throwing garbage I, these guys i love these guys such Ugh. these are heels these are real heels no i do have a very important question for you folks at home mm. who do you think the ref is You guessed it was Tommy Young. You're right. Well, I got another question for you. Yeah. What's your favorite iteration of uh, Midnight's? You know what, Quinn? I actually really like the Stan Lane, beautiful Bobby you version. You said that during this, Sweet and I Stan. disagreed with you because I it's actually like the, the... Dennis Condry. Dennis Condry because... 
he just comes off as more swarmy and healy and he has a stupid thing around his neck and you just kind of want to hate this guy like i don't know why there's just something about him i agree that you do just want to hate the guy he's smarmy and healy but stan lane the cool thing about him is that he's so perfect that I you guess. also want to hate right? him. It's exactly. the reverse. It's Dennis Condry's kind of slimy. And, yes. And, and Stanley's, Stanley's like so per- ultra perfect, white but, teeth, blonde hair, yeah. you know, good physique. And I'm sure that, you know, they had that in mind when they did it. Let's reverse Condry, yeah. basically. So I like the Stan Lane version better, but I, I have no problem with Dennis Condry. No, I, I thought he, he's, he's a pretty fun. good worker, too. Yeah, yeah. And he's fun. Yeah, he's just fun. He's yeah. just so sleazy. Yeah, he's great. Like I, you'd run into him at a casino or something, yeah, you know yes, what I mean? He's like, yeah, he's exactly. He's like the sleazy guy in a casino. And you noted, Quinn, this team made a lot of money. Oh, God. God, The the stories I've heard is just like, I mean, they were basically headlining the B-shows. With the rock and rolls. But when I say B-shows, these were like sellouts. These were like big deals. Like People were coming from far and wide to see the Midnights. Absolutely. Fight the the rock and rolls. Absolutely. And folks, in case you were wondering, the jobbers are fighting. It's Ron Lawson and... (laughs) Rocky Kernoodle, not Don Kernoodle. I didn't even know there was another Kernoodle. This is really weird. <laughs> There's two Kernoodles, yeah. Quinn. And that actually also makes two jobbers named Rocky for the show. <laughs> and this is, like you said, an unremarkable squash. Yeah, but on the other is. hand, this is clearly also, we went too fast on the matches and the earlier, and they're right. like, can you go kill some time midnight, yeah. basically? Commentary, very mumbly. And this is where the, the crowd isn't loud, Quinn. It's just the commentary is mixed low yeah. on this match. Yeah, you're right. It's and I did notice somewhere along the line the tape, um, the audio dropped <laughs> out of the out, tape. Yeah. So. It's fine. Minutes went with the usual, you know, Bobby eating off yeah. the top rope. And then we get a promo again from yeah. Paul Jones, Shaska. <laughs> Shaska to get near the end here, but and Shaska Bar- gets in again. And Barbarian to say nothing, of course. Yeah, but basically it's them hyping the Barbarian rather than, yes. you know... Um, I, now I'm forgetting who they were hyping before. I guess it's Shaska stuff. Yeah, so, but Shaska does start yelling about Jimmy Valiant. You know what, Jimmy Valiant? You're so scared that you won't even come after this golden light right now. Yep. And he starts th- calling him out. This is weird. Mr. Football himself, Nighthawk. Yeah, just he just takes offense to this for some reason. And he's saying, why are you hanging around with these guys? You need some you? money. And then doesn't he try to hand him money? Yeah, he's like, you want some money? Pass. By the way, that's an asshole move, right? It is kind of dicky. Yeah, and he's the face? What? Yeah, that's kind of shitty. I know Shaska's obnoxious, but... Extremely. That's kind of a douchey move. It is kind of a douchey move. So, uh, Pez slaps... Or, excuse me. Well, Paul Jones holds him down first, and then they slap him. And then the three of them pretty much beat the shit out of Nighthawk. Just like I... Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, Nighthawk. Just like I wanted to see, because it's everything I remember about seeing the worldwide wrestling set. Right. Somebody getting the shit beat out of them. That's exactly what happened. Exactly. We didn't even, like, look for that. No, no, it it just just happened. happened. Yeah. And, of course, they beat the crap out of him, but who makes the save, Quinn? Your favorite. Manny Fernandez. And he's like, you're mine. Yeah, and and I'm like, you're going to (laughs) lose. And that's how we end the show. Now, basically, I noted this to Quinn when we were watching it at the time. Quinn did agree with me. Right. That out of the three, the big three of the 80s, WWF, NWA, and AWA. And you're comparing Cindy's. Cindy's, yes. Yeah. Syndicated. WWF had the most humor in their shows. Right. They did. Yeah, yeah, and to be fair, their focus was more on entertainment, as they said. Exactly. So that was definitely, if you want humor, don't watch this. However, however. Yeah. This was a nice slice 
of NWA culture from this time. And in one of its hottest times. In one of its hottest times. And it, for not being in the A show or the B, I don't know what it was in terms of the hierarchy. Yeah. But it's not a main show. Right. You know, it's yeah. not the, one of their main shows. It was interesting. I'm not saying it was great. It was better than the AWA All-Star we it watched. It was better than the AWA. I said to you, I said, I felt like this show, because you were a little frustrated, I could tell. is like you felt like they weren't explaining things. And I didn't like the way it was produced. But I had said to you after you said that to me was that I felt like the NWA was so hot at this point in time. This show is like an extra show on top of that. Right. It's almost like this is for the fans. Yeah, it's not made for people watching it 30 years later. It's also not – it's probably not even like first-time exposure kind of thing. Right. Um. It's It's like – I want more NWA, and here it is. Right. I I agree with you, Quinn. That was a good point you made. Yeah. And that's pretty much what it's a companion to the rest of what's going on. Right. With a a little progression with Shaska, but, you know, that's something. It's a little. They're throwing a cookie to the fans. And that crap's going to get replayed anyway on the Which it always did. I I said to you, I bet you if we looked up on the WWE Network the next episode of World Championship Wrestling, that that with Shaska slapping and would open it. I agree with you. So, folks, we are happy to have talked to you for the last hour and change about the world of retro wrestling. Yeah. We want to continue to do so. We would welcome your ideas. If you have any, let us know. Got anything, we're willing to take it. We take requests, Quinn. Yeah, we do on this we, show. We absolutely do. So you can tweet at us at OBP Podcast. You can email us at us at Podcast at gmail.com and of course subscribe and leave a review yeah, on the iTunes. The reviews are important so we can get up on the new and noteworthy. That's right and we will of course see you next Monday, February 20th for more retro wrestling goodness. Yeah. So have a great rest of your day. Have a great rest of your week. Have a good weekend and we'll be seeing you Monday. See ya. So long. I'm going to tell you, Kola, something. You think you're bad? Well, we put the B in bad. You put the S in stink. Wow. And bad is going to knock the stink right out of you. Give me a break. That's right. You know, even when my boys are bad, they're very, very good, David Crockett. There's a lot of teams that have aspirations and visions as being as good as we are. Who's this now, Randy? Well, we're the best. We're number one. We stand alone on top of the hill, and you got to knock us down. Will you stop? Stop, 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 stop.